Maybe because our house growing up was 31. Yeah, but then Ben died when I was 31. So now I hate that number. Really? Mm. Yeah, I really liked it up until then. Mm. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Actually, no, was I 30? I was 21, so you would have been 31. Fuck. Mm. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. Right, that started us off on an incredibly depressing note. When, when, when you said episode 31, I, I did think, oh, no, you're going to say you like the episode 31, and I'm not going to be able to withhold the fact that I now hate that number. That's <laughs> so funny. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. We're in a good mood today. I'm all right. I feel slightly, I'm very, I, I don't know if I'm in a, I, I feel quite down. Why? Which is really weird. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Completely no... No reason whatsoever. Do you think it's a sort of a background anxiety? Mm, maybe. It's just a constant feeling of fear. Really yeah. strange. Yeah, I think that that is something I experienced too. Yeah. In fact, I was talking about this with my friend the other day, um, and she asked me about uh, grief. She asked, like, other cliches true? And, um, you know, whatever. And I said, well, I don't know if the cliches are true, but I think... The quote that I read that I feel is the most applicable is the C.S. Lewis quote saying that they don't tell you that grief feels so much like fear. Mm. Because I think that, you know, obviously we've had the swells of emotion and the difficult experiences, but the thing that's lasted with me the longest is a feeling of anxiety and fear all the time. Mm. Um, it's just like a background buzzing. And I think that's probably why we're all a little bit more high energy. I think it allows you to be happier when you're happy mm. because you like it, it's like an extra buzz. Mm. But there's always something that's just like makes you slightly on edge. Yeah, it? constantly. Or the feeling that everything could just get ripped apart. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's just yeah, it's just harrowing. As I was walking here, I just I yeah, I couldn't stop thinking, um, you know, about what life would be like if this hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it constantly, it, it's so, it sounds so like selfish to say it, but I constantly feel like it's so unfair. Yeah. Like so unfair. And it's when, and then when I start thinking about it, I can't, it's just, I'm trying to work out a way of seeing it from a distance and, and knowing that this, this, this pain, this, this extreme painful moment will pass. But, um, and, I, and I'm not really backing away from it anymore, which I think is a good sign. Yeah. I'm definitely, I did, a, I did another podcast yesterday, for a podcast about anime, which is ridiculous. No and way. I know. And it was, it was so bittersweet, the whole thing, because I didn't want to, yeah, I, I, it was for Amazon. That it was a, I had to watch an anime film. What was it called? And um, I'll, I'll tell you in a sec. I had to watch it and I got given it last minute and I just thought, oh, fuck it. Yeah, I'll go and do it. I'll go and do it. And it was like 9 a.m. in the morning, so I, I knew I still had the whole day. And I was, I, I, when I get asked stuff, I, I kind of, I can't say no. So I mm-hmm. thought, okay, I'll do it. And it's with a host I really like. And um, yeah, it was just horrible because I immediately wanted to tell Ben. Mm-hmm. I immediately wanted to be like, oh, this is so cool. I'm doing this. And, you know, tell me what I should say. And, yeah. and um, because it's just such an overriding memory of our childhood that there was anime on in the background. Yeah. And yeah. I always ignored it. Yeah. And, in, and you like it and Jamie likes it and so I text Jamie being like oh what shall I say and you know and, and I didn't want to upset you because I thought if I tell you that I'm doing it I didn't want you to think about Ben so I didn't ask you and it was just like then I got <laughs> to watch this anime film which I fucking hated <laughs> it was it was, and I thought it was like a new release I thought oh I'm going to watch a preview of a film it was apparently a film made in 2002 or something is it's, it um, Genesis no Evangelion, Evangelion. Evangelion oh 3. Point end, did you watch End of Evangelion? Evangelion 3.0. 3.3. Oh, 3. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen that yet. 
It's really good. Mm. I mean, and, and I and I there's so many. It was also also I think I was asked because it, a lot of the films about grief. Um, so it was just harrowing to watch. And I had to watch the film. I got told I was doing it at 9 a.m. in the morning and I got told about 4 p.m. So I didn't watch the film until after Love Island the night before. And then I got up at six to watch it in the bedroom. Donnie woke up watching it with me. And it was just so beautiful because it was like, I can see Donnie getting so, because he's obviously obsessed with Pokemon. So it was quite sweet because I, I thought, oh, you know, you'd have loved to watch anime with Ben or, you know, Ben could have done. It was just horrible. Horrible. But I think that you have to just accept that you're going to see him through the lenses of so many different things because he likes so many different things and you can still enjoy those things. You just have to kind of like enjoy them with him. And imagine him there. So we've recorded this podcast in Coldrop's Yard in a place called Spiritland. Have you heard of it? You will love it. It's next to Dishoom in Coldrop's Yard. Is it an arcade? No, it's a it's a... It looks like a restaurant, uh-huh. but it's a listening cafe. So it's it's had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds pumped into it to make the like state of the art arc or arc state of the arc state of the arc state of the arc state of the arc okay state of the arc equipment. Oh my <laughs> god! Listening equipment. So yeah. they have these giant speak- state of the arc stick of the arc <laughs> stick of the arc. You got a really stake of the art. Stake of the art equipment. <laughs> state of the art. I know. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, being yeah. stupid on purpose. Mm, mm. Um, you know, like uh, huge speakers, mm. and apparently they have listening parties where they just play a record, yeah. and the, apparently the quality is so much better. So people just sit there and listen. And I thought, oh my god, Ben would have loved that. Yeah. But then you know we can love it and we can enjoy it for him. Yeah. I had a similar experience a couple of years ago. I um, I went with a, a, a few people to go to um, the Sony. Uh, it's like a, they have a, a, in Soho Square, right by the Soho Theatre, they have um, a Sony um, building and there's a room in there which is called the, like, the listening room. They turn off all the lights, they give you a blindfold and you go to listen to an album. And I had no interest in jazz or Miles Davis or anything like that. But it was Some Kind of Blue, which is like his most famous album. And everyone that goes in there sits and listens to that entire album all the way through with a blindfold on in complete darkness. And the speakers are such high quality that it's supposed to be this different experience and I thought it was going to be so pretentious but going in there and it's like being in one of those um you know the the things where you lie in the water Mm. isolation tanks Mm. it's a bit like that and I genuinely started to see the music as like colors and shapes in my brain and I couldn't not think about Ben the whole time because he would have talked about that because when you're shut off from what you're seeing and what you're hearing apart from this one thing it allows your brain to be fully free Mm. and I found that to be like a very kind of moving experience really I remember you talking to me about that and I remember I didn't quite engage Mm. I remember thinking okay I can't deal with that yeah and I think that it's sometimes like just those moments where you don't expect it where you're kind of like I couldn't leave and I didn't even know how much time was going by because you you lose all sense of awareness but that was quite a gripping experience for me because it was it was like seeing a different part of my brain Mm. and to know that he exists in all of these different little nooks and crannies. Mm. Like I hear him all the time, whenever Harisha and I are playing video games, you'll give me an instruction and you talk about it in this little boy way and it literally blasts me right back to Mm. being and playing video games with Ben and Jamie. And you can get upset about it, but then I think, well, no, that memory's still in there and that's Mm. a nice thing and that's that's never going to change because maybe I'll think about that every time I play yeah. video games. It's so weird because this guy I was with yesterday, he said that he's got a book out and it's all about Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. And the second he said Studio Ghibli, 
I having not thought about heard that you know those two words together in in years suddenly I was transported back yeah. to Ben and and Jamie and them talking about Studio Ghibli and yeah. it was so weird and it's like how many things are, un- are locked and I just need someone to say something and then I'm going to have all of these memories come back and that scares me sometimes because it's like there's so many memories that are just going to stay locked forever yeah. and, and nothing's going to trigger them out. But I don't know, I think that it's a sign of progress to be honest that the memories kind of come now and they're not as petrifying. Like they're still very upsetting obviously but I think that we were in a state of shock for the first year or so and I didn't find those things as easy to access. Whereas now, I feel like I'm much more connected with him in a weird way. Yeah. I think it's because we got past the stage. Yeah, so you definitely. have to remember that. And also remember how cathartic and good for you writing the book must have no, been. No, absolutely, and yeah. I'm trying to write more about it now, and I can sense that it's already helping me. Yeah, no, so. it does, it does, it does. Because you see yourself, you, you, you don't, you're not yourself for a second. Exactly, you get to kind of think of it like a sort of story. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you're okay I'm I'm okay yeah I'm okay it's it's also I I was it took my breath away looking at my phone the other day because a photo popped up of Margot um when we had just moved to this place well you know when we moved from where, where we do live now we moved somewhere else and um it shocked me because she looked like a baby yeah and then I was like oh my god that was two months after yeah and then I was like they were she was two yeah she was two. Yeah. Like, she was a baby. And she didn't feel like a baby then because I was suddenly having to deal with so much. And that kind of really knocked me because it was like, have I lost out on huge bits of parenting and memories and joy with them because I was grieving? Not at all. Not at I all. I know, I know, I know. But it just seems so unfair, like, that that happened. And I know that it's not a good time for anyone, but it like, feels like it didn't just affect me, it was affecting my children as well. So it's, and, and obviously Alfie. So it's like, it's, uh, it feels like with writing the book and having this distance from it now and talking about it, I'm able to be quite, like it's quite clear to me that I'm writing about shock and trauma. And somebody used the phrase um, trauma bonding yeah. in a review. And I thought, oh my God, yeah, I've never heard that before. I should have heard it because it's obviously what the book's about. I didn't yeah. realize that's exactly what it is. And it's, and I feel like, you know, we're incredibly trauma bonded. Yeah. And um, that's what this podcast is in a way. But um, yeah, it, 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 it's only becoming clearer and clearer, mm-hmm. which, is, which is good. Yeah. But it's uh, fucking devastating at the same time. I think that in the way that uh, thinking about what ifs, what if it hadn't happened or uh, what if I haven't been as good a mother as I could have been, those questions aren't going to get you anywhere because what we know now is what happens happens and you just have to deal with Mm. it. You've been a wonderful mother and it could have been a lot worse. They could have been older. They could have been much more cognizant of everything. And instead, you had a chance to exist and have have a world that you could go to that wasn't just like Mm. the pain and everything like that. Yeah. You know, so... I just think yeah. that, like, you're going to worry about it like we all do, but know that it's l- at least irrational worrying. Yes, definitely. Yeah, well, the majority of my worrying is irrational worrying. Yeah, it's true. So, and I think that, you, that. You, you're going to be thinking about it more because we've been talking about the book, we've been doing lots of book events. And, and the studio is so heavily connected to a time when we were, we, you know, we only got the studio when, just after. Yeah. And I think that, I think this coming here doesn't necessarily, it always makes me feel quite sad. Yeah. So, um, my initial... My, my knee-jerk reaction to that is to... Because I only just realised that as I was walking here. Thinking, okay, get rid. Yeah. <laughs> get rid. Burn. Yeah. yeah. 
um, which isn't a, a bad thing. I think my response to most bad situations is to flee, um, which isn't probably the healthiest thing. But if you you got to do what you got to do, totally, you got to do what you got to do. Totally. Also, you know, you just you sometimes you know you can surprise yourself by what you're willing to talk about and think about and what you're not. And I've always felt like I've been quite open to talking about however I'm feeling and and stuff like that. But then the other night, you know. Um, one of the kids asked me about Ben and I just said, I can't talk about that. Yeah. And I, it really surprised me because I thought that that would be something I could do. But, you know, your brain just tells you when you can do something and when you yeah. can't. And I think that we've, given how much we have to talk about grief at the moment and how much I have to ask you questions about why did you decide to write about grief and sisters and all this kind of stuff. Like, even if you don't think it, your brain is going to be tapped into a very vulnerable place right now. Mm. So, like, yeah, you can forgive yourself for that. Um, Margot, this morning, put on your old skirt. The one, you know, the fleece next one? Oh, yeah, The little yeah. one that's meant for a two-year-old. Yeah. And she, I keep trying to hide it. I should just, you know, put it in storage or something. But she, it, so basically, it's an, a super mini skirt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she suddenly was like, I want to dress as a schoolgirl today. <laughs> And she, I, mummy, I only want to wear dark colours today. And she, she got the tiny fleece skirt on, got, got Donnie's Nike button-up black um, top, tucked it into the skirt, pulled the skirt up, so it was just covering her bum, got school knee-high socks, navy ones, and put her Alice band on, and then her little handbag. And I thought, hmm, that's fine. You know, she doesn't, it's, she looks cute, whatever. But it was so great, because when we got downstairs, Alfie was like, looked at me and was like she absolutely cannot wear that and I had like a vision of him as a um, a dad of a teenage girl suddenly you know being overprotective it was so sweet she does she honestly reminds me of a teenage girl so much now yeah my favorite thing to do is when they stay with me and um we sit in the bath and we gossip about the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to us (laughs) and it's so funny because at first it was like a joke I would tell them about an embarrassing thing that happened to me when I was at school and they would just laugh but now they engage with me as much as I'm telling the stories. Yeah. And when they when they speak to me, I can see their teenage faces. It's just the most bizarre thing. I know. And we're like gabbing. It's just, <laughs> it's so surreal. It's just so amazing how much she adores you. She is obsessed with you. That's and It's so sweet. nice because it's like you've got a little sister like I had. I know. But the thing is, I really felt like I let her down the other day um, because obviously I had a birthday party. Aww. And um, I was inviting some friends over to my flat and then we're going to go out dancing. And I had told Margot, oh, we're going to a disco. But she, of course, interpreted that as she's going to the disco too. Mm. So I, and the way that she holds on to the, the date, five days until your party, Ruby, four days until your party, oh. three days until we go to the disco. I obviously didn't have the heart to tell her, you're not coming to the disco. Babe. I know, and so I tried, to, ke- I tried to keep downplaying it. You I know. know. Like- and then I kept up playing, oh, I feel so guilty. Anyway, when she turned up and saw that there, no one had arrived yet because young people don't get there until nine or later she just was so upset with me I could tell and as she was leaving she literally her face crumpled into a million pieces uh, pieces <laughs> <laughs> it didn't crumble into a million pieces it crumbled into a million pieces um sorry Margaret, that's a real diss isn't it um <laughs> she literally was like <laughs> why can only grown-ups go to the disco 
No, she was fine. She's and then my friends tried to explain it to her. She's forgotten about it. Yeah. It's fine. But I feel like I really let her down. She's going to hold that one against me for a while. I yeah, think. they do cling on to dates. Mm. And it's just so sweet. I Like yesterday after they tried to do a whole day of um, Kumon, which is a mass thing that our mum does with them. Um, and she was so badly behaved. Mm-hmm. Like so oh, badly yeah, behaved. I was there. She was awful. I said, you can't have... I, I don't even like calling it pudding, but she's obsessed with pudding. Pudding. She calls it she's, pudding. She actually has the sort of behavior and persona of a sort of like camp gay man in the <laughs> 80s, like on like some sort of like fun, like sitcom. Cause she just, she's just so cheeky. So she's, she's obsessed with pudding. And it's like, mommy, what are we having for pudding today at 9am in the morning? <laughs> um, and so I said to her when she was being naughty, I was like, you're not gonna have pudding later. And I knew that would really mm. upset her. She went shopping with Alfie. And I took Donnie home and I was like, right, Donnie, Margaret's not going to have pudding tonight. And I need to stick to it. I need to stick to it because I never stick to anything. And that's why she's turning into, you know, really naughty girl. So you can have some secret Jaffa cakes now. That's your pudding. And then don't tell Margot I gave you this. And just please, just when I say that you're not both not having pudding, and that means that Margot's let you down, just act. He was like, yes, mommy, of course. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I can do that. Um, Gave him like 10 Jaffa cakes. So there you go. Good boy. Then Margaret came back. She's like, I got lollipops. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be let her get three chocolate lollipops. You know, like Paw Patrol ones and Princess ones. And like, Donnie, I got your lollipops for pudding. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's not having pudding today. I told her she can't have pudding because she's been naughty all day. And he was like, oh, I didn't know that. And so I was like, Margaret, seriously, I'm sorry. I know you got the lollipops, but you're not having pudding because you've been too naughty. She howls yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, i have yeah. never heard yeah, yeah. No, no no she absolutely has to have her way she's she like i tried my best i tried my best <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i when when our mum was telling her off because maths uh really simple math sums that she was able to do three months ago suddenly she can't do mm. and our mum is convinced that it's because a couple of girls in her class said that they don't do kumon yeah so margaret doesn't think it's cool anymore when i uh, when i came in and i asked her margaret you know why are you not focusing with your work she said you don't understand. <laughs> I'm trying with the maths. <laughs> but I'm trying and Boba doesn't understand. Like she's actually able to yeah. to manipulate emotions. No. Yeah, I did oh, yeah. Like, I was a genius up until I was fourteen. Then oh my I was God, just come fucking on. idiot. Now. That, that um time table square, the grid. I went from being the last in my class. We used to have a competition when I was in year four who could finish the times table square the quickest. I went from being last, doing a couple of weeks cumin to being the fastest. It is truly the best thing that you yeah, can do for a child. Yeah, I, I got A star in maths and then now I can't even like add plus eight mm. on anything. Yeah. I can't do anything. Yeah, eight but is I a was. One. Yeah, no, I loved it because I was good at it. But then when it got to algebra, I got too confused. But I was just thinking at school, so you had to do a race. I had to do a race too in maths. I had to do, I remember, because I was in the top set, but only because of Kumon. I, um, they would be like, right, time starts, go. And whoever finished, it was like a race. And because I'm so competitive, <laughs> I would, I would get so upset. And I would just like try to beat everyone, basically. It would be like going into, it, it, I just felt like I was sprinting. And um, I always won, but I hated it so much. And this this shows that I'm borderline horrible person because I I remember thinking, okay, I'm definitely probably the best and the fastest, but that's but I can't deal with it. I just can't deal with it. So I I said I'm really sorry, but I have to go into set two. I just have to go into set two. You, so what? I mo- I moved myself down into set two 
What kind of like Premier League sports do you think you were involved <laughs> in? It felt like that. It felt like because I wanted to just be like a comfortable big fish. I didn't want to be a struggling big fish. I wanted to be a comfortable big so fish. So you were ne- negotiating your life already at a young age. Yeah. That's so funny. That and then so much sense for you. But then very... That's big Taurus energy. Exactly. But then very quickly, because I stopped Kumon, then I became just a fucking idiot. Mm. So I didn't know anything. Yeah, so that's why we need to keep keep them on keep mm. them on the right path. I used to cheat as well when Mummy went out. I would go and find the answer book, and I would just cheat. Like for what for what reason? You're only cheating yourself. Yeah, exactly. You're only cheating yourself. Exactly. Um, have you ever cheated in school in exams and stuff like that? Because um, I know you have. <laughs> you I didn't type. cheat. This isn't a cheat. Mm. This is this is just clever. Yeah. Pra- this is practical cheating. Go on. I for my A level. English mm. I I basically memorized essays yeah like practice essays and then I practice essays that you'd written you know when you get you get like test essays and you have to just I don't know what the, I don't know I can't remember basically I basically learned an essay off by heart that I could adapt into whatever question so I learned it verbatim I I, I like a whole essay and all I had to do for each question is just like add. Plug in the words. Just like maybe one quote, an intro and an outro. That's so yeah, not, that fucking clever. That's clever, just... but I did get 100%. Like 100% English. Okay, that one. Yeah, it's fucking clever. That's not cheating because that's something that you get rewarded for. Like if, if, if that's what the system promotes and you can do that and you can get rewarded for it by getting 100% and that's not cheating, that's just being clever. Yeah. Do you do you feel attached to your the, the books you studied at school, or do you feel like sick when you hear the title? Well, I don't. I feel attached to a couple of them that I really liked. But now I look back and I realise that for my English like big A level piece where you you write about four books, I didn't read two of them. I watched the movies. <laughs> like, that is <laughs> absurd. And I'm sorry. I still got an excellent grade in that uh, essay, and I think that because of that and the way that you're able to blag it. I think I realised then, I mean, that was part of the reason why I decided, even though I loved English and stuff, to not go to university to study it, because I didn't care enough. Like, Mm. I enjoyed uh, reading and writing about a couple of specific little things, but the fact is, when it came down to it, I just knew I don't really give a shit, I'm just going to blag it. And it worked out, but I just didn't want to be the kind of person that is, is, is doing essays that they have to kind of, like cut corners on I realized that I wasn't passionate about it in the way that I maybe thought I was when I was did younger. you ever have a teacher that I, I I get so jealous of people who like oh my god my English teacher at school he was just so inspiring he took me under his wing and just no. I ne- I have not had one inspiring teacher I've not had a single inspiring teacher my English teacher had married a previous student <laughs> and I was offended that he didn't fancy me to be honest <laughs> I was actually offended was like, that he, a music he, he teacher got involved with two previous students it's like excuse me sir hot hot are you not seeing what i'm saying um <laughs> anyway yeah i had so. a music teacher who who yeah would kiss six formers god that's so fucking weird isn't yeah, it yeah he's called i can't tell his name <laughs> yeah, get arrested i've already arrested enough people in my <laughs> lifetime <laughs> anyway we've had an exciting few weeks because we did well actually it was we we had a nice we've time had a last year we've had a few weeks actually now no we it's been, good, it's been really nice yeah we've been hey, fine yeah lovely, lovely, lovely time yeah, yeah, lovely. yeah really good yeah, it was amazing uh, I got a little fringe she got a new haircut um didn't realise it'd be this short but my hairdresser said my hair was pretty damaged so just get her off just get 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 these front hanging pieces that just look like it's just so funny off. because in the this 31 episodes we've done your hair has been 
and like numerous different colors and styles. I've only ever been pregnant or not pregnant. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The baby has aged. My hair has been different every single episode. That's true. But I'm young, you know, you've got you to experiment. You've got to find out what looks good on You're you. Li- I'm living vicariously through your hair mistakes. Exactly. Mistakes. And decisions. Good decisions. Decisions, you mean. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, everyone's quite taken with my little um, curtain fringe. But my hair's wavy. Curly, some would say. Um, and <laughs> you would say. Uh, some would say I have a very lovely natural hair texture. Maybe a sort of the, a 2B, a 2C. <laughs> What's a 2B? Is there numbers? There's, there's, there's a scale, yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. what mine is. Yours is 2A. Yours is 2A. 2A. Yours is very straight. Very straight. And what is it? Uh, fine, fine but lots of it. Yeah, fine, but lots of it. Um, I'm a sort of a two B, a two C, because I've got curly hair. Right, sure. I've yeah. got naturally yeah, curly yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 um, sure, sure. But sure. I fucked up the curls by bleaching it. My curl pattern has just gone, apart from by the nape of my neck. And um, yeah, it's just the now that the fringe is shorter, these parts like kind of frizz up, so I don't quite know how to style it, which is why it doesn't look good most days. It does. But, you know, it was fun to try. And now I've got a fringe. I always didn't trust people with fringes because I was like, what are you hiding under? Mm, that, no, but yours isn't a fringe fringe, is it? You're not like combing it over. No, if no. you start doing that, I'm going to get very worried. Oh my God. Imagine <laughs> how much you're going to hate me if I start walking around like this. Like, you're going to hate me. I mean, some people, do, I mean, now that Love Island is like... French. Hello? Hello? You know, the amount they change their hair in Love Island... So Daily. Who does their hair? Who keeps their colours updated? Who, who you know, are the girls getting their hair? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're getting Highlighted. everything done. They're getting bikini drops every day. They're getting, um, they're getting makeup drops. They're getting. It's the most things modern, dropped. It's the most postmodern thing in the world that um, the advertisement before Love Island that I saw at first was a pretty little thing. Um, you see the advert for the clothes with these girls that look like they could be on Love Island prancing around a plane. Then you watch Love Island, you see the girls in the clothes from that website, and then afterwards you get another advertisement and you go online and you see girls from Love Island wearing the clothes that you can buy straight off their bodies. Like, it just is such a distortion between, like, the consumer and the kind of... um, and, and the pro- and the show and the program mm. because you're wondering if you're watching it for the people or are you watching it so that you can see the people with the clothes on that you want to mm. buy and you can be a Love Island girl. But they only have bra- like they're, they're all wearing those R hats. That's like Love Island brand, isn't it? I think the R is um, a male fashion brand. So oh, the right. girls have the I saw it first or pretty little thing and the boys have the R. Oh really? Yeah. Um, we should save our Love Island chat until the end. I think okay. somebody commented saying that they don't watch Love Island and they find it jarring that we talk about Love Island so much. So oh really? Well, well, d- well thanks a lot for that comment. Yeah, thank you, bitch. Um, oh, I'm joking. <laughs> have a bit of fun. Stop watching Love <laughs> Island. I honestly, it's a bit of fun, and it's I would say it's productive uh, mindlessness. In Why the- don't we save our Love Island chat for the bonus pitching? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna close the window. Okay. Now you close it. BB left the window open in the studio, and when I got in today, uh, there was a flood on the floor, and my wooden desk has been destroyed. But I handled it very well. I think a bunch of pigeons were in here. Pigeons were in here for sure. Um. So, Jesse, how did you find going to Latitude? I think you were really great. Uh, you you really were. We it was a really good test for us. I think um, because we well, I am not a a a good traveller in yeah. any sense. And uh, we had to you know go on a train, then a long taxi, then we had to go on a long walk to actually find where we were going to perform. And when we got to where we were going to perform, it, the, the we looked at the little chalkboard outside the tent, 
and it said that we were on at one thirty when we had been told that we were on at three and our next one was on at five. So we, you almost burst into tears, but you didn't. And we had to decide, okay, do we tell them, well, we were meant to perform at three, uh, this isn't okay. Or do we just go on, go do with it. The flow. Go with the flow. I mean, I think that we could sense basically the second that we got there. This is not the kind of place to be pretentious and proud about your act because nobody's going on to loads of laughter or you know, loads of rap- enraptured audience members. People are wandering in and out. I think that we made the right decision and we got Alfie to do a little opening thing for us. We came on, kept it really short and sweet. And I actually think I preferred the first event mm. that we did, the book chat, because it was a bit more loose. By yeah. the time we actually did the r- live podcast, like... It was a much bigger tent and it was like a bit more pressure and John Cooper Clark was on just before us. And, and Jess Phillips before. I mean, we were, it, that was stupid scheduling lineup. and it really kind of unfair on us. Mm. I think it should have been, you know, there should have been something in between John Cooper Clark and us. Yeah, John Cooper Clark and Katie sisters don't really, no. don't really have the same target demographic. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, and it was, it was strange because it felt quite loud. It was very loud we in there. We were super loud. I felt like we were talking a million miles an hour, but at the no, same no, time... No, no, I mean, it was... I found... I had to shout, because oh, I found yeah. that it was really loud. I mean, obviously, we were in festivals and music festivals, so it was going to be loud, but yeah, I found that the second one really stressful. I had too many drinks on stage. Mm. Um, and we didn't really plan it properly so that... But then it would have been... It, it's a really difficult thing. It, yeah, we tried to, but it's just... It's, it's difficult. When you're not getting immediate laughter, mm-hmm. it does feel like you're shouting into, you know, the a forest. Voice. Also, I think that I, for the first time... <laughs> this just shows the difference between our language. I was like, shouting into the forest void. <laughs> void. I mean void, not forest. Void. What does shouting into the forest mean? Is that, you? you know, that phrase where you... You know, if, you, if, you, if a tree falls down in the forest... That's you know, a completely different phrase. Okay. <laughs> there isn't some, like, mythical, metaphorical forest that, like, everyone is in and having it. Shouting into in. a forest. You're mm-hmm. shouting into a forest. Yeah. Okay, to who? To yeah. trees? <laughs> Or to people. Yeah. I think that sitting on the stage there doing the podcast made me really appreciate how fun and freeing it is when we're just here. Mm. Because I feel here that I can try out funny little silly lines and be goofy. Um, Like I was going to have a whole bit about my fringe that I was too scared to say at Latitude. (laughs) Because I was like, these people aren't going to fucking get it. And they've probably never seen me with no fringe. Um, But here it's like, you know, hey, you can chuck a little sass in there if you want, you know. I started talking about breastfeeding out of nowhere. Oh my <laughs> God. And then you were like, oh, you breastfeed until you were five, didn't you? And I was like, no. Didn't, I'm sure you did. Jesse. Even no, if you I had, didn't. yeah, I shouldn't, it's not a place. Even if I had, that would be a weird fucking thing for you to bring up at last I'm sorry. It was really, it was just really awkward. And by that point I was like, I'm, I just, it, uh, I felt very exposed on that stage. So I did really enjoy the first event because it was small and sweet. Yeah. And people were, there was this pressure. And being in this huge tent, which is lovely because it yeah. shows that the podcast has done well enough for us to get slots like that, which yeah. is incredibly flattering. Yeah. But at the same time, they didn't quite help us out there with, you know, no. thinking about timing. And also when Harisha and I were trying to leave the next day, because we stayed overnight, but Jesse and Alfie didn't, um, we asked, we were trying to leave, we were trying to find the exit. And every single person working there that we asked had no idea where the exit was. They yeah. kept getting out a map and it was like, well, yeah, right, we, have, we have a map too. We need you to yeah. tell us. So it was clearly just a very relaxed vibe. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. So it was it was good. And it marked Alfie's last day of drinking for a mm. while. He's now on a, a diet, a calorie-restricted diet and no alcohol diet. And he's posting on Instagram. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's got a journey going on. Yeah, he does have a journey. <laughs> If I have to see him measure out a small portion of peanut butter yeah. again, I think I'm going to hit him. 
he um I, w- I was in the coffee shop with him yesterday and um, i heard your voice i was like you're with bb why are you with bb <laughs> we're just hanging out <laughs> um we were both doing some racing um mostly just chatting actually and showing each other Sweet. things yeah he phones. was so happy when he got back he's like yeah i talked to people about my show she talked to me about hers <laughs> uh, i was like fuck you yeah we had a fuck great time you. we had a blast but anyway every time that he would uh, i'd get a coffee uh, with milk whereas he was mm. having black coffee he'd be like oh is that a nice hot steamy creamy cup of uh, coffee with lots of milk in it it's just, it's just it makes you feel so silly and indulgent honestly honestly he measures out oil oh fuck that people oil, measure, who out measure oil oil oil's good for your skin jamie have oliver, loads have of you it seen jamie oliver swish 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 do you think that jamie oliver's measured out any oil in his whole life <laughs> he's just a tiny old vodka you shot that cut? you're better than jamie oliver exactly and yeah, so the, really me- the measuring, the measuring of the food and the oil and the peanut butter is really starting to annoy me. Mm. Um, and but I am really proud of him, and I really hope he can stick to it because he is so much more focused and nice. Like not nice. He's always nice. Obviously, he's not like an abusive alcoholic or anything. <laughs> <laughs> he's not obviously, but. I like the sober version of him. Mm. He doesn't like himself as a sober version of him, but I really like it. Yeah. So we'll see. Sexy. See if he can see if he can it's not been two weeks yet. Two weeks, three weeks, see what happens. I think he's doing really well. Yeah. Really, really well. I am um, I have been drinking a little bit more than usual recently. Not because I'm a booze hound, but but because I've been trying to actively be more social. I'm writing and stuff like that, and I realise that if you just sit sit down on your own all day, you run out of things to kind of write about and think about. So I'm trying to not close myself off to experiences. I'm trying to hang out with friends that I haven't seen for the last two years and stuff like that. But I think that So it's so funny, it's just a completely different approach to me. The socialization for me is just like, it, it, it's definitely like a lot. It's overwhelming, I feel quite tired. But yeah, no, but I don't, I don't need that for writing at all. It's funny. It's, it's, it, yeah, I, you still I, have, you, you have experiences that you write about, right? So basically my point is, that. I don't need that for writing. Yeah, I mean, Jesse. Yeah, you I do. Don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need. I don't need alcohol to write. Jesse, I'm not saying I need alcohol to write. I don't need friends to write. All of the things that you've written about have been about experiences that you've had. Things <laughs> that you've done. My home life. No, no. If you think about sun, sunrise, right? <laughs> yeah, that's my home life. Yeah, but you talk about International Day of the Girl. You talk about mm. all these things that have happened to you. You yeah. can't just. I mean, maybe if you're a genius, you can. But mm. you have to pull from some experiences. Yeah. So I basically have just been trying to like not force myself because I've been wanting to do it but like keep myself open to experiences mm-hmm. and I'm well you don't time. need alcohol for that BB no okay. I'm just saying but calm it down I think that my point was <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> my point was um that there is alcohol everywhere at the moment there's it feels like a big party Everyone you do not is... need to drink it I know I'm ju- oh my god oh my god oh my god um no no, no. I think that what I'm saying is I'm realizing it's quite difficult to turn down drinks and mm. stuff like that when everybody that you're hanging out with wants to celebrate. And they have a nine to five job. You know, they have more of a kind of set schedule where they can drink at the end of it. Whereas with me, because I'm freelance, mm. unemployed, um, <laughs> it just feels like when I do drink, I don't want to not drink, I don't want to not partake, but at the same time, I feel more indulgent for it. Because it's like, but you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like I haven't earned it in mm. a way. But yeah. I'm trying to not worry about that kind of yeah. thing. I think that has been the, largely the reason why I've never drunk is I've never felt like I've earned it. I've got this like awful, um, what's the word? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I constantly feel like I should be apologizing or um, repenting for something. Yeah, I completely get that. And I think yeah. that might be just the way that we are programmed or something like yeah. that. But I'm trying to 
reconfigure my settings, you know? Yeah, that's good. Um, it's good. Exciting. It is exciting. Maybe um, in a few weeks we can tell the audience what you're writing for. Not, yeah. not quite yet. Not Maybe. quite yet. Um, I, uh, I found out that I didn't, well, I don't know that I didn't get it, but I feel like I had probably like one of the most brutal ways that you could basically <laughs> find out that you didn't get a job. Um, <laughs> so I, I spoke about it on the podcast like fucking 20 episodes ago. It was a really long audition process and I had to go back in a lot of times, um, all during lockdown and restrictions and stuff like that. So it was, they were taking it seriously. And then they made such a big song and dance to me about the fact that I was the only person that they were seeing, that they were obsessed with me, that it was like, you know, you're the one, we'll see you soon. You know, like why say we'll see you soon? Why say that? And then um, over the next couple of months, I didn't hear anything from them, but anytime that my agents tried to get in contact, they just kept reiterating, she's the only one that we're seeing. Honestly, like she's in a, basically wanting me to, to wait for it. And I didn't get any kind of other news or rejection or any kind of closure until um, we were in the coffee shop. And um, <laughs> I, was I was bitching about my career. You were bitching about your rather career. Rather insensitively. And but you were being really nice and supportive. I was until... Being, until my mum... So Jesse was um, you know talking about something and you know wanting support. And then... I was trying to be supportive and then um, our mum leaned over to me and said, oh, d-. and um, our mum, Jessie and I all live in the same area. Um, and she said, oh, did you see that letter that all the residents got yesterday? Because they're filming um, the show that you were auditioning for. They're, they're filming the, the, the big first scene outside of my flat tomorrow. And um, I didn't I didn't respond very well, did I just? No, it was yeah. a very quick down downward turn. I think but that's was, completely was, fine. But it's almost just like they've gone out of their way to be brutal. They didn't tell me anything, and then I find out that they're filming outside my fucking door. Like it was brutal. They, they told the residents like, "Oh, they they gave all this info." I saw the letter. They, they gave all this info about the show and like what's happening in this first scene and what's happening with the protagonist, which is not the role that I was going up for. But um, I kind of was just tempted to like hang something from my balcony saying. <laughs> Your show is shit. <laughs> but I decided not to. Um, I even considered uh, leaving early in the morning when all of, like I presumed the crew would be there and stalk. stuff, and go and have like a stalk, or like go and try and find the director and be like, "Why'd you lie to me?" But I didn't, and uh, basically they still haven't cast anyone for the role that I was going up for. They've just pushed her to a later episode or a, maybe the next series. So. I.e. is just a rejection without the, the rejection. Aww. And that was that was pretty, it was really brutal. I didn't think that like I was so sensitive to rejections and stuff like that now that I've done it for a long time. But I think with this, because I wasn't like obsessed with it when I first read it, but they made me obsessed with it with how they treated me, the constant approval, the wanting you so badly. And now this complete drop off like their radar. It's just reminded me how brutal acting is and like the way mm. that actors are treated very very disposably yeah and um it's why you just need to have more power and do stuff yourself because you just can't wait around for these people to but even you when you're, over. but even when you're in something so buffering just went on to tv last night which is an itv2 sitcom that i'm in and um it was lovely watching it but at the same time it was like terrifying because it's i am i have no control over that i didn't write my lines I'm just acting and saying this thing and I'm going to get criticized yeah. whatever I do. And it's like, but you know, or, or celebrated or whatever, but then that feels wrong too, because like, well, I didn't write it, so I shouldn't get any praise. And I also, it, it's really strange to give yourself over to something else, something bigger than you. Yeah. And to say, I, you can do whatever you want with me. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm lucky that I've been on both sides. I can act and things and let that go. But 
it's not as simple as that. I can't just enjoy it because I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't know. It's it's really hard both ways. I think that also because in the last couple of years, really, basically since the pandemic and all that, we've both been more in control of our own careers and putting more like active effort into the things that we're doing. So for me to then uh, be transplanted back into like my younger self, waiting around for like people to tell me if I've got a role or not and to just I felt so vulnerable mm. that's why I felt so stupid and that's why I didn't react yeah. well in the love shop because it just reminded me how silly it is to expect something even if you tell yourself that you're not expecting it so it was like it was definitely quite a shitty feeling and well, um you feel vulnerable too because now you're yeah but I, I on but tv every week well no but it's just like I bitch I bitch <laughs> I have such low expectations and, and I yeah. and I don't want you to have such low expectations like me because there there is a reason why you should have hope in things and believe in yourself and think good things will happen and I'm so far gone yeah you know even when good things are happening I still think but but this is shit and this is shit but you know this happened or this happened so there's I think we both need to meet halfway you need to bring down your expectations which I have and and I know you have and that's great but also build up your own self-confidence so that you have more confidence to put your own work out there and yeah. I need to have more belief that good things will happen and when good things are happening enjoy enjoy them, them. Yeah. and yeah so please watch buffering on ITV2 yeah um there's a fly in here also I did a really embarrassing thing of I went into um so after we did a we did we did a thing called Sheddenborough which BB who's very good at this and has done it now many times for me she interviewed me about the book Sunset um so we did it in a shed which is uh, going to be streaming on the 17th of August, if you want to listen. It's actually, I think, our best version of that discussion. And the and the last one we'll do, probably. Yeah, yeah. We might. I think we should probably, if you don't mind, do like an Instagram Live or something of it, just like so people can watch it. But yeah, it's just a, a talk with us about Sunset and the themes and everything. It was a really nice chat. Yeah, it was a really good one. So if you want to watch that, it's on the 17th of August. Um, I have no idea what I was going to say after that, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. So after that, we went into foils. And I got angry because I couldn't see Sunset. And uh, it was upstairs, and I and went. You in. got me to ask. And I went out to ask where where is how many copies do you have? Seven. Seven. Lucky number. Lucky seven. Uh, anyway, I, I took I took the book and then I went and put it downstairs just so that there was one on the ground floor too. Just so you and know, this, the novelists have to grow. <laughs> they have to grow. But then, so I thought, okay, well, that was a bit cheeky, but whatever. Someone might see it. Um, I did put it in the uh, recommended bit, right in the front. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know and those little descriptions. descriptions yeah, I just put it over. You could just like pretend that the description is about your book. <laughs> uh, so I felt like a bit. This cheeky. is a harrowing tale of World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> then I felt a bit cheeky, and then we went out. And then as I was walking out foils, Alfie texted me, be like, "Well, this is a bit bad, but I just wanted to foils and Waterloo, and I just <laughs> got caught switching your book around. So in foils at the same time, Alfie and Ben switching." <laughs> And you got caught. That's so sweet. That I you know it's it so sweet, moment. but I now foils obviously going to think I'm mental. Yeah, foils <laughs> are going to think that you're mental. They'll be like, okay, guys, just so you know, Jesse Cave, the author, might be coming in today and fucking some shit up. You know? I did it as well. I went into Hatchards and King's Cross, and I couldn't see my book. So I was like, and I had my mask on, so I thought, okay, they won't, you know, not that they would recognise me anymore. But I thought if they did, it would yeah. be really embarrassing. Yeah. If I was like, do you have Jesse Cave sunset? <laughs> No, with like a big fake moustache and a trench coat on. Hmm, hello, do you have a Jersey Cove sunset? <laughs> so I, I said, do you have it? And they were like, oh, we sold out. Which I thought, oh, that's great. Oh, good getting news. Three, but they were only getting three in. I was like, why are you getting more? Anyway, when... I uh, think when they said three, they meant three shipments, by the way. Well, they didn't because I went in and there were, there were two. There were two when I went back in a couple of weeks later. Okay. And um, I guess I don't know how bookshops work. No, 
And so I went I, so I went in the other day to check if they had got any more. It's only because I happened to be in King's Cross too. I'm not, you know, that desperate. You do sound mental. I do. But anyway, Donnie and Margot went in and I was like, just go out to the book. Go to the book now. Go to the book now. Just still it. Still it. I took a photo of them with the book. Haven't used it yet. So if you see that on my social feed, you'll know that that was quite a, a journey for me in mm, Hatchards. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think that... Uh, we have we been have, on a journey recently, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. We have been. I was going to say we need to end the podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cut me off. It's only been 44 minutes. I think we can go on for a little bit more. Um, can we start? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, should we say bye? Because if, if I need to get, I need to do the stuff today. So can we do the bonus one about Love Island? Yeah. So yeah, let's yeah. say goodbye properly. Yeah. So if you say edit that properly. and then I'd just be careful because if you do get it, it, like someone, you never know. Just yeah. I don't think pinpoint it's Netflix. Oh, no, no. Okay, fine. I won't pinpoint it's Netflix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll get her issue to edit all of that out. Well, and don't know. pinpoint what it's about just because it's it, it narrows your you down and I think people for sure for sure for sure for sure for sure I actors do listen yeah 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 but I think I was nice about being you were really great the, yeah no you were great the way it felt. no it's yeah. really good it's really good yeah okay cool thank you everyone so much for listening and hey stay tuned <laughs> hey stay tuned for next time because they're gonna be more support us on patreon hey support us on patreon I put so much shit on the patreon recently and yeah. it's been a bit of fun I did a couple long rambly cake videos um, there's a latitude video of us behind the scenes. There's a sunset documentary. Um, I mean, sunrise documentary. I'm so sorry. I always get the two. Sun- no, no, it's fine. And sunrise documentary. And and if you want to scroll all the way back, there's loads of writing on there that I've done uh, from the first lockdowns. And there's a skincare regime video. Mm. There's loads of stuff, and there will be you more. Want to get Jesse's gorgeous skin. So do I. There'll be loads more videos in time to come. S- catch you later. Hey, bye. <laughs> She's going crazy now. She's going crazy. Watch her now. Watch her.